lane, 15-10, touchdown Chargers! What's up guys, we are back with a brand new episode of Chargers Weekly, as always joined by Matt Bunny-Smith. Chargers in the midst of a three-game losing streak after dropping one on Sunday night to the Ravens, 20-10, to and Buddy, I, I feel like we're a broken record these last three weeks in, in terms of the late game execution and the inability to win games that they absolutely could have won. This was another one. Sure. And I think that's, as my voice cracks, I think that's, um, you know, the most frustrating part, you know, not just for fans, but no doubt the players and the coaches and the front office and ownership and everybody is that you're not getting blown off the field. You know, you're, you're in position to win the games, whether you win it on defense, like they, I mean, that's the best defensive performance we've seen since Miami last year. I know they didn't have Mark Andrews, but it's still one of the best rushing attacks in the league. It's one of the best overall offenses. They have explosive receivers in Zay Flowers and, and Rashad Bateman. Isaiah Likely is a very good tight end. They have a really good offensive line and the defense shut them down. You know, it's a, it's a team. I know, again, I get it. Mark Andrews probably behind Travis Kelsey, best tight end in the league with Kittle. Like, it's those three that we talk about all the time. But, I mean, they scored over 30 points five games in a row. And this defense was able to, to shut them down. You know, Brandon Staley, the changes he made and the defense that he called. I thought Dean Leonard played well after a little bit of a hiccup there in the, in the late first, early second quarter. Uh, the defense looked connected. The pass rush got home and that the coverage was still, for the most part, sticky. There was a little bit, you know, there were a few plays out there. And, you know, there's a couple things we'll get into. But I, I think that's kind of what you're talking about, Chris, in terms of the broken record is we're saying the same thing every week. Man, they're close. And you just need to execute in these particular moments to get wins. And instead, they don't execute when they have to execute and they lose. And, and that's how you lose five of seven and you're sitting at four and seven. The theme has been just when one unit is on, the other one is not, right? And, right. you know, we can go back to the beginning of the, the year where, you know, both the defense and the offense, let's say let's say week one, for example, defense not playing well, offense lighting it up, but late in games, the offense couldn't get that drive to, to win a game and, and beat the Dolphins, losing by two. Tennessee, uh, an offensive breakdown. Uh, last week against Green Bay, before this game against Baltimore, a, ch a chance to tie it or win the game. Could not do it. Again, Justin Tucker, who never misses field mm. goals, misses yeah. a field goal, give you, gives you a golden opportunity to go down the field, tie the game, or go ahead, and you can't do it. So it's been the defense some weeks. It's been the offense other weeks. Um, there really hasn't been a consistent – unit all season long i guess you could point to the special, special teams. teams in large stretches right camber yeah. dicker i guess is maybe your most consistent player this year but that's what's frustrating money is is this team is losing close games and they're not connected and four right. and seven is not what anybody expected here as we enter december and, and i just wonder where do you go from here like at this point after thanksgiving you are who you are you're not able to win close games. You got New England on Sunday. Uh, we're not even talking about the playoffs anymore. Where do you go? 
Well, I think I think where you go is is you still have this belief, right? You still have this belief because you're in all these games. If we can just make this play, if that ball would have bounced the wrong, if we could have secured the football, if we don't drop the football in Green Bay, if we can get a stop against Miami, it, you know, on and on, if we can stop Detroit on fourth and two, like that's the problem. I think yeah. that, well, I shouldn't say that's the problem. I think that's how they keep hope alive. Because look, the reality is, they can still make the playoffs. They just have to go six and zero, you know, and they're in. They'll, they'll be in at, at 10 and seven. They'll be in the playoffs. So I think that's, that's maybe that last, that last rope you're hanging on to is get to New England and get a win. And it's not going to be easy. And we're going to get into that. This is not going to be an easy game to win. I, I know they only have two wins on the season. They're two and nine, but they're in the same boat. They're in all these close games for the most part. I mean, instead of two and nine, they could easily be six and five, you know, five and six. If they execute, if New England executes late, you know, they got a million one score games on their resume as well. So I think that's if you're asking, like, where do you go from here? I think that's where you go. Hey, just get this first win. If we can just get a win in one of these close games, can you get over that hump and try to breed some sort of belief, some sort of winning culture and you know we uh, talked to chris hogan you know who played those three years with the the patriots this week and asked you know when what was it like going on the field in the huddle in these tight games that you guys were in like you know what 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 separates wins from losses you know because he played with a bunch of different teams um you know five six different teams and he said with the patriots when you got the ball back you just knew you were going to win. Like Tom would just take the team out there and be like, all right, well, they're screwed. If we got the ball and guess what we're going to do, we're going to go down and score. And he said, there was just such a, you know, there was such this intense focus on doing your job and not, you knew that there was a rain of hellfire that was coming. If you didn't do your job, you didn't have to do anything extraordinary. I think that's, I think that's what's most frustrating is we're not asking these players that, you know, the, I shouldn't say we, answer to me. What I'm saying, like the team does, is not asking the players to be otherworldly, to play beyond the expectations or beyond their ability. They're just asking them to play to their ability in and execute when the moments matter most. And they're not, you know, they're yeah. just not across the board for the most part. They're not. You know, Keenan Allen dropping two passes, leaving eight points on the field against Green Bay. Austin Eckler has now got three fumbles in his last five games, all lost. Two of them in critical situations, one in the red zone, not even in the red zone, inside the five-yard line. You know, Justin Herbert, the one thing you could not do before halftime was take, was turn the ball over. You are in Cameron Dicker field goal range. Get into the half at 10-6 and carry some momentum in there, strip sack. You know, in those late-game moments, you know they're blitzing. You know, he even said he's like, I know they're green dog, and you can see it. Like what? That that's what's frustrating. You don't need. I don't. You know, we the, the team does not need Justin Herbert to escape from four pass rushers, take on two linebackers, break those tackles, and gain twenty yards. It's just get rid of the football. Just recognize they're they're going to probably and, and it's beyond Justin, right? It's it's Kellen Moore, it's Keenan, it's the offensive line, it's yes. the tight ends. Like you know what's coming. Every team has done this to you in the final two minutes, 
if they haven't been blitzing you all game, they are bringing the house in the final on your final drive because it's you've not been able to execute when they do that. And I think to see those same mistakes appear over and over and over again, you just kind of ask yourself, well, when's it going to stop? Like, when, when are you going to recognize that, like you said, it's Thanksgiving and these same things are still happening? Brady's a perfect example. I think the juxtaposition to what we're talking about right now and the standard right now in the NFL is Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Right. Because he's a when winner. It's fourth, when it's fourth quarter, it's time to win. And Jalen Hurts wins. And I think that offense is connected. You got vets like like Kelsey and Hurts. You got the, those pass catchers on the outside. It's not just Justin, right? It, it's, no. it's, it's a collective lack of offensive execution late in games when you have an opportunity to win games. So that's one side of the puzzle. Um, you're right. This was the defense's best performance of the year. Uh, I will, I will, I'll jump in there real quick, Chris, on the Justin thing, though. Like, th- th- all the people that are asking, like, hey, where did that come from in Green Bay when you got upset? Like, if I were Kellen Moore and Brandon Staley, I would say, I want that on every snap. Every snap. 100%. The players respect you. 100%. You're one of the best players in the league. That is, you need to be Tom Brady. I mean, we, you've heard the mic'd up Tom Brady's. You've heard the mic'd up Aaron Rodgers. Like, those guys took zero S, zero. If you effed up, they were in your face. They were barking at you. They were holding you accountable, and you were being aired out. Now, I'm not saying be a jerk. All I'm saying is I, I, I loved it. It's like, hey, Will Clapp, you cannot take a delay a game there. What are you doing? Like, you have got to be in the moment and be focused and execute because this could have cost us a touchdown. So I think there, I do think, and I think we've, you know, and we don't know what he says in the huddle. We have no idea what that sounds like, but I'm yeah. just saying, I think, I think moments like that are, are maybe what just a little kick in the pants, right? Is, and just see, because we don't see that. Let's just see what a kick in the pants looks like. And if that's maybe something that you need to, to just get a little bit more focused and get over the hump. You know, Jeff Miller, uh, asked Justin at the podium yesterday about late game situations and if he's worried about his reputation and, and Justin gave a great answer like hey it's on me this is how I could have changed it and I could have been right better in that situation and that's what a leader does the thing is we've seen Justin do this money you how many how many game winning drives have you called in previous seasons yeah, right 14. it's not like he yeah we haven't seen it's not like we haven't seen him do this he did this all the time this year for whatever reason going back to week 18 Jacksonville in this season, this team has not had the ability to win close games. And that's all three phases, right? That's not just Justin. That's not just the offense and late game situations. That's the defense putting them in a hole and Justin scoring at will. Right. Like I think five straight possessions against Detroit a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, it, this is a, this is something where you see teams start to turn the corner a little bit. Like, you know, we're seeing Denver who got blown out 70 to 20 early in the year it just shows you how long a season yeah. can be uh, the way Sean Payton has managed the game and has put Russ in situations to be successful relying on the running game uh, it, it's it's evident that right now the Broncos are believing they can win they, they were winning games frankly that they probably shouldn't have won they probably shouldn't have won that game how about the Buffalo, Steelers but they did the, the Steelers game it's a perfect example money, no no I just mean I mean like, the, the Steelers team Chris like how about the Steelers oh, the Steelers team look at that yeah yeah, yeah. they are seven Same and four thing. and they've got a minus 26 point differential you know because they know how to win Mike Tomlin knows yeah. how to win like he has never had a losing season it's incredible right 17 years in the league and he has never once posted a losing 
season. So I think like I'm going, I just, I got it pulled up here. So that's one, that's two, that's three. Uh, Kansas City, I believe was in the final eight or so minutes. That's four, Dallas five, uh, mm. Tennessee six, Miami seven. All seven of their losses, all seven. And let me just make sure because Kansas City is the one I'm not quite sure about. So let me go to play by play. My apologies to those uh, that are listening. Yeah. So it was a 14 point deficit. They lost by 14, right? Yeah. So here you go. Hardman punt return. So if we go inside of seven minutes, okay, because it's 616 of the fourth quarter, inside of seven minutes, the offense has had the ball. And I would say that's just, I'm just doing seven minutes so I can include the Chiefs game and include every single loss. They have had the ball with an opportunity to tie or win in the fourth quarter. Inside and, and the Chiefs game is an outlier. I bet if I took the Chiefs game off the board, I could probably go inside of four minutes that the offense has had the ball with a chance to tie or win. And you got Justin Herbert as your quarterback. And you got Keenan Allen, yeah. who's in the conversation as the best receiver in the NFL this season. And they just can't, they can't do it. Like, that's what's crazy to me. When I when I look at the four and seven, I look at those seven losses and I think Green Bay, you know, the Q drop. Detroit, you know, the fourth and two for, you know, if I just go to play-by-play -play here, the Chargers in that game are down. So they score a touchdown uh, to tie it at 38 and then they never got it back. So that's not a fair one. So let's take that one off the board. But outside of that, all of these games, Chris, Tennessee in overtime, a three and out, you know, Mm. Uh, and they could have scored a touchdown and had to settle for a field goal late there. Remember, um, the Kansas City game we just mentioned, they get a three and out when it's 24-17 in the fourth quarter. The Dallas game, you know, they had the ball in the final five minutes with without a, you know, down 20-17, and they've got the ball with 2.19 left, and Herbert threw an interception. You know, and it's like the opportunities are there. They just got to execute. You know, that's what's crushing them is they are not executing. We know they had the, the, you know, the ball at the end of the Miami game. Fangio blitzed four times, got nothing going. They had the ball, obviously, to start overtime against Tennessee, three and out, lose that game, you know, and it's execution. I think that's what I'm, why I'm belaboring the point is I think that's why it's so frustrating, right? Because yeah. it's not players. It's not talent. It's, it's, it's play calling. It's executing. It's a little bit of defensive scheme in there. Like all of those things are contributing to holding this team back and being four and seven instead of seven and four. And money, it's it's cliche, but it's belief, you know. 100%. And you know, they, I saw I saw something that Russell Wilson said when they're they like one and three, one and four. It's like we still believe, we still believe. And that's you know, it's Russ and it's, it's cheesy, very cliche, yeah. but it's true. And and you sometimes you have to see yourself win close games to know that you can do it. And the Pittsburgh Steelers example is perfect because they've been outgained in every game um, except for the, the one where yeah. they just fired their offensive yeah, coordinator. finally got over 400 and, yards. And, you know, they play for Kenny Pickett. Right. Um, they know what they are defensively, and they know how to win games. So they've seen it. Even though it's like, hey, we, we maybe we were outplayed, but we won the game. So we haven't seen that this year at all. And I think that's what's so frustrating is because, you know, we talk about how talented this team is. Um, I, I think that as we get into December and January, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions surrounding this team sure. and, and how you have to continue to remake it 
in an effort to make Justin Herbert the best version of himself. And I, let's let's go back to the 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 fourth quarter of that game. I, I know Quentin hurt his ribs, didn't come back in the game. You know, Justin is also throwing to Alex Erickson and Jalen Guyton. Yeah, I got no problem in with the that. Money drive. I got, I, huh? I'll be honest, Chris. I got. No, I saw Alex Erickson come out. I was like, great. He's made two huge yeah. catches in back-to-back games. Huge yeah. catch on third down. Got a drive starter going on first down against Baltimore. He's sure-handed. I like seeing him out there. I got no problem with that at all. I'll, I'll, I do want to say this, and this is going to sound incredibly petty uh, and and very, you know, I'm looking at it through powder blue glasses, but it's the truth. The This is now two games in a row, and it was okay against Green Bay because he Justin was able to over, the Chargers were able to overcome it and get a touchdown to Keenan, but Stone Smart gets absolutely destroyed in the end zone. Helmet-to-helmet contact. He gets decleated, and there is no flag thrown. And instead of being first and goal from, like, the three, I think it was third and goal from whatever, the the third and goal from the nine or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that they did not throw a flag on that opening drive when Herbert is two steps out of bounds, and that was, that was it is a two-hand shove in his back into the bench area where there's equipment, and there's guys standing, and and Allen Act is not his his crew does not throw a flag there, is beyond me. And so you would have had first and look worst case, like well there is no worst case because Jamari reacted exactly how you're supposed to react when you're an offensive lineman, and that's you're going to clean house on the guy that shoved your quarterback out of bounds and put him in danger of getting hurt because he's skidding toward a Gatorade jug and the Microsoft Surface you know little container, and it's bad enough that you don't throw the flag, but even though Jamari is in there shoving guys around, and this is where I have campaigned for this relentlessly and I have campaigned for it. And I'm not trying to, to pat myself on the back, but I feel like I was one of the first guys that talked about robot umps in baseball. I said, you can't have this stuff on the screen for the people at home to see immediately within three to five seconds. They already know what the answer to the question is. And it's just like baseball. You can't put that grid for a strike zone on the screen and have an umpire calling balls and strikes that aren't balls and strikes. It just doesn't work. It doesn't connect for the for the experience, for the fan, and for the players, and, and for legislating the game. That's not a strike. It's a ball. That's not a ball. It's a strike. It's right here in front of us. We can see it. You can't because the human eye isn't as accurate as the technology we now have available. That, that crew is asked to make those decisions in real time with all those bodies flying over the place when you've got two sets of eyes in this replay booth that can see it. And before they pull that flag out of their pocket and call 15 yards on Jamari, somebody should have been in their ear, but they're not allowed to be because it's not a reviewable play, should be in there and say, hey, don't throw the flag on the on, on Sawyer. But it, we should have thrown the flag. He's protecting his quarterback. Tell everybody next time this happens, flags getting thrown, cooler heads prevail, let's separate everybody, and that's it. You guys blew it. You blew the call. It should be first and goal, but you blew it. You absolutely blew it. So now it's third and three. Um, and instead, it ends up being third and 19, and they, and they have to kick a field goal. Like, you score a touchdown on the opening drive against the number one defense in the league, and you are now making a statement. You're going back to your sideline feeling great. And look, it's it's petty. I get it. It's petty. But at the same time, I think that changes the nature of the game, the complexion of the game. You score that opening touchdown. You set the tone 
moving forward. I'm not blaming the officials. There's so many other things that went wrong in that game. Obviously, a fumble by Keenan, a fumble by Eckler, a fumble by, you know, Herbert. You can't lose the turnover battle. I'm not going to count the Hail Mary 3-0 and expect to beat the number one team in the in the conference. But just think, I'm sure fans are thinking the same thing like, man, that would have certainly set a different tone for the remainder of the game if you drive down the field and shove it down their throats to go up 7-0 at the kick. It was so egregious, it, it's, it's, it was almost laughable. You, you go from what should have been a touchdown on the first drive to Jamari getting the 15-yard penalty, and the refs have had some issues the past couple of weeks, Bunny. I, I go back to Monday Night Football. Did you see the guy? He had to, he took his helmet off because yeah. his face mask was off. was broken. He got hit. Well, he got hit in the head. He got, yeah. he got absolutely cleaned out by, uh, by a, a, whatever, a player. A, who was it? It was uh, the, the kid from Bosco, or uh, Kyler Gordon from uh, Washington, yeah. He got cleaned out by a Viking, and he's like, dude, I, helmet's got broke. Got called for taunting. Yards. For taunting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. Anyway, that's, that's not why they lost, but I, I'm glad you brought it up because it was, it was so ridiculous in real time yeah. that it needed to be said. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll talk about the Patriots. All right, guys, a big thank you to our partner, Microsoft Surface, the official sideline technology provider and laptop of the NFL and the Los Angeles Chargers that provides players and coaches with the tools to succeed both on and off the field. Check out the powerful Surface Pro 9, combining the power of a laptop with the flexibility of a tablet at Surface.com. VIP ticket packages for the first ever Super Bowl in Las Vegas are now on sale. And only on location offers all-inclusive experiences worthy of the entertainment capital of the world. Ticket packages boast an array of offerings, such as premium seating to the game, epic pregame parties with headline talent, NFL legend appearances, premium drinks and fare, and much more. Visit NFLOnLocation.com or search NFL On Location today. Your football experience of a lifetime awaits only with On Location. Having some connection issues here at the Hayry household. That's why you you see me on a different screen. Doing this from my phone right now, money. But we're going to get it done. All good. Uh, you know, by any means necessary. Uh, Patriots on You're a gamer, Chris. Sunday. You're a gamer. I'm you a know? gamer, dude. Sometimes you got to get gritty. Sometimes you got to dig I'm, deep. I'm digging deep. I'm looking on the screen right now, and they're showing Bailey Zappi highlights uh, against the Giants. Uh, that's the big mystery now. It looks like Mac has been relegated to scout team duty. So it's right. Mal- uh, Malik Cunningham Malik and Cunningham. Bailey Zappi, who I think the Chargers really need to be prepared for. That offense has been a mess all year. But the defense, hey, they, they've held them the last two weeks. I think they held the Colts to 10 points, the Giants to 10 points, and they still lose the games. That's exactly right. It's like we said, it's going to be tougher than you think. This defense is still a – and I'm pulling it up right now. It's still a Bill Belichick coordinated defense. Um, you know, losing Judon was huge, but at the same, so here's what I would say: This is if if we're gonna kind of okay, how do they how do they get out of here with a win? They're they have to stop Christian Barmore. He is a freaking load. I mean, a load. You just go back and watch the game against Washington, and freaking Sam Howell had that 320 pounds in his lap. Every single game. Yeah. So we know there's no Corey Lindsley. We know that the interior of the line has taken a little bit of a step back compared to what we thought it was going to look like this season with Zion and Jamari in there. They've allowed quite a few pressures, a uh, handful of sacks, and that's going to have to be stout because Dietrich Wise is still great. Uh, Jawan Bentley's been, you know, kind of 
piling up quite a few pressures off the edge as well from the linebacker spot. But to me, it all starts with Barmore. You have got to be solid on the interior of the line, or you're talking about having a guy in your lap from the snap. So, you know, the good, I guess the good thing there is the last few weeks as I try to pull this up because I've got all my I've got a lot of my prep done so I know I've got it down here so Justin Herbert the last two weeks has rushed 12 times for 120 yards so he's using his legs more he's probably gonna have to use him against this team because because Barmore's really sort of the straw that stirs the drink and it's a good defense you said you know they give up 10 and lose they give up 10 and lose they give up 20 and lose 21 and lose you know so like that I get why they went to Zappy you know Mac Jones of his 12 interceptions probably eight of them were really bad, like really bad throws. So, you know, you have a defense that's this good, can't be turning the ball over like that. You know, a handful of them, three or four of them are in the red zone when you can at least get three and maybe, you know, maybe seven. So at the same time, Bailey Zappi's two interceptions are brutal. They are, did not see, did not read and threw a ball right to a defender. So I think they're very similar players. Um, Get pressure, and we know the Chargers have been getting pressure. Thule's been getting pressures. Obviously, Khalil Mack's been one of the best edge rushers in the league. So, that's to me, that's what it comes down to, Chris, is create turnovers. We said it about the Baltimore game, right? We we went through those three losses they had. It was all a pick six. It was forced fumbles and turnovers. Chargers got none. You know, none. They've been shut out these last couple weeks. They got to create turnovers. The Patriots will give them to you, and you got to have an answer for number 90. Yeah, the, the defense um, is going to have to show up against Zappy or Cunningham. I, it looks like Max' confidence is completely shot at this point. Um, it's just been yeah. an absolutely brutal year for him. Uh, Zappy is isn't much different, frankly. I sure. guess Malik Cunningham is the guy that if, if they do put him in the game, and then really just the running game too, it's stopping Ramondre Stevenson right. and Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel. You know, that that's probably going to be what they rely upon uh, is trying to chew the clock. Keeping that, uh, keeping that offense uh, on the field and doing what they can to to score points, uh, which they have not been able to do. And you know, you hope the Chargers' defense, based on what they did against the Baltimore Ravens last week, can build on that success. Um, still, not going to be an easy game. Uh, we got a J.C. Jackson reunion situation. Oh yeah, that's right. Don't throw an interception to J.C. Jackson, please. <laughs> I was looking. Like, hey, I was looking at Mike Reese. He, he was kind of emptying out his notebook from the Giants game. He said that uh, J.C. had a rough time with Jalen Hyatt, and uh, you know maybe it's an opportunity for Keenan to get loose. And uh, they've seen each other in practice. Uh, you know, for the last couple of years. So, so maybe that's something they could explain. Hey, if he had problem with the speed of Hyatt, let's give him a little Darius Davis. You know, let's give him a little Jalen Guyton. Let's get a little speed. I'd like to see Darius get involved more instead of just these these throws at the line of scrimmage. Cut him loose, man. Put him in motion. Let him fly up the field. See if he can take the top off the defense and have, you know, remind us of DeAndre Carter last year. See if we can get a couple more of those throws out there on the field. Yeah. Hunter Henry, too. We got a Hunter Henry reunion game. He, he was, you know, he was such a price free agent for them. Money didn't have a target in last Sunday's game against right. the Giants, too. And that's just an indictment, I think, of, on the offensive general how how yeah. poorly they played, where you can't even get a target to Hunter Henry. So I expect that to change as well. Yeah, it was one of those things we were hopeful of at the trade deadline, right? There might be a reunion there if they were 
kind of cleaning house with the uh, the Patriots, but unfortunately they decided not to because, uh, man, he sure would have looked good back in powder blue, that's for sure. Uh, but, hey, tip of the cap to Gerald Everett, not taking anything away from him. That was a hell of a touchdown last week against Baltimore, just pulling the old uh, – I said it was the shack of the mat, Gary Trent, you know, an undersized power forward that uh, that got the ball at the two-yard line and just backed his guy all the way down into the block and, uh, and scored that touchdown. Everett's been great, but – you know, Henry was just one of those guys that there was a trust thing there between Herbert and Hunter, especially in the red zone that, you know, that chemistry sometimes is just hard to find. Um, he's a good player. You know, he's a very good player. And like you said, for whatever reason, they haven't been able to use him. I'm looking at Zappy, by the way. It's not like there's a lot to work off of. He had the one game, his first start last year, where he threw for 300 yards. This year, he's played in four games. Obviously, it's spot duty. He's not getting everything to himself. But Guy's completing 48% of his passes for no touchdowns and and two picks. So this the defense hopefully will build on what we saw. They were much more connected against Baltimore. Um, we talked about it. I thought Dean played very well. Uh, he had a rough stretch, had a little window where it got a little rough. He kept giving up inside leverage, and it was just weird. It's like that's where Lamar wants to throw the ball. He doesn't like throwing it outside the numbers. Why do you keep pushing these guys inside on these slants? And they were just cooking them on that touchdown drive. But after that, he adjusted. I thought he played really well. So hopefully they can pick up on that side of the ball where they left off. Offense has got to take care of the football. You cannot turn the ball over like you did. And I count those drops as turnovers. The drop by Donald Parham was a turnover. Obviously, the fumble by Austin was a turnover. The drop by Quentin Johnston was a turnover. Um, you know, you got to you got to clean that stuff up and this should be, you know, get to five and seven, come home against the Broncos and feel like, all right, we now know what it feels like to get a win. And let's see if, in fact, we can cash this thing in and, and make a run. The, the mental errors, really the only thing I could see that would uh, stop the Chargers from winning this game. I was listening to, to Bill Simmons and Cousin Sagas. Belichick has won 10 of his last 11 against the Chargers. And, yeah. you know, we, we've seen Justin's two starts against New England, and they haven't been very pretty. No bueno. No. So, again, no mistakes, no interceptions, no fumbles, and and take advantage of your opportunities in the red zone. And, and if you do that, I, I don't see any way a Justin Herbert-led offense can, can lose to this Patriots team with Zappi or Cunningham under center. And more of the, um, can we get more of the third and 17, Keenan underneath route, catch in stride, lateral to Austin Eckler for 18 yards? That was fun, though. No? We should have talked was, about that earlier. That was fun. It was great. Yeah, it was great. We talked to Coach Peterson on Petros and Money uh, this week, and I brought it up to him. I was like, hey, Coach, tell me if this place sounds familiar. And I, I laid it out. He's like, oh, I love it. Kellen's still having fun playing football. You know, it's what it's all about. And he's, he, Coach Pete is right, man. You know, football should be fun. And when you, when you, dial that thing up and you execute it you see a little pep in the step from your players like hey we just got them we just, we just stung them with uh with a pretty cool play and so i'd like to see a little bit more of that a little more boise state in this offense from kellen moore yeah no doubt well hey guys we know it's been a tough season we always appreciate you watching and listening every single week uh we try to bring you the best analysis and insight as possible even when it's not pretty you know and, and yeah. it hasn't been pretty but you know this this is a team that we we know has too much talent to be four and seven and maybe december could be their month money no hey decided to mix it up a little bit this week let's see if uh if it pays off you know let's see if we can get a little a uh, little different result than losing five of their last seven and three in a row yeah if uh if if they win sunday maybe i'll just do the entire podcast from, <laughs> from my the phone. phone there you go exactly <laughs> from here on out exactly <laughs> 
All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Uh, for money, I'm Chris. This has been Chargers. Week.